Well, hey, hey, what is up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 82 and session number 20 of Ask Scott. This is where I answer your questions on Friday and I uh, just listen to your questions via voicemail and I'm able to actually answer them kind of like we're sitting around a table together and just kind of going back and forth and you ask questions and I answer them and sometimes I don't have all the answers but I'll tell you that too so uh, yeah I really get excited about these and again these are usually on Friday that's what the plan is anyway and they have been for the past 20 weeks so uh, yeah that's pretty much it if you're brand new and you don't know about these well you can head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash ask and you can do that. You can ask a question, okay? There's a little voicemail button there. You can leave a voicemail, usually a couple minutes. And just let me say, if you do leave a message, leave your first name so I know who's asking the question. That would be very, very helpful. So uh, yeah, really, really excited about today. You guys know that. And uh, I just wanted to bring up a couple of things real quick. First off, uh, I've mentioned this before, but uh, the new TAS t-shirt, Okay, the t-shirt, people are loving that shirt, by the way, and I uh, just want to give you a little story about that if you have not heard about the shirt yet. I decided to create a shirt for us, the amazing sellers, because that's what this whole podcast and this whole thing was. It was kind of me coming out saying, yes, I'm selling on Amazon, but I want to help you sell on Amazon. I want to help you become an amazing seller, right? So you could be the amazing seller. Uh, so I created a shirt after we got the community and everything kind of going and everyone really was starting to take to this whole TAS or movement thing that we're doing here because that's really what I look at it is we're trying to make a difference. We're trying to get people started and trying to get through all of the all of the nonsense, all of the stuff that's going to slow you down, and I really just try to get to it. I'm kind of like the no BS guy, and I like that because I just like to be told what to do, and then I'll go do it. But anyway, back on track. The shirt, we actually had one created for supporting the show and actually representing the show, and um, we're actually donating the proceeds to a charity. So if you want to check that out, you can head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash shirt. And uh, you can pick up a shirt over there and uh, check it out. And you can also be supporting a cause. So I just wanted to bring that up. The other thing I want to say is anyone that's attended one of our live workshops, I want to say personally, thank you so much. Have a lot of fun with them. You guys know that we hang out. We uh, go through kind of the five phases of this business that I really look at it as these five phases and I break them down, not just in the audio like I'm doing here, but more or less in a video where I'm able to deep dive into that. So I really wanted to invite you, if you have not attended one of those, you can head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash workshop, and uh, you can get the details on the next upcoming one. And again, we answer live Q&A there as well, and our last one went over two hours and like 40 minutes. Uh, We really, really just try to hang out and answer as many questions as we can there at the end. But it's really, really a lot of fun, and uh, yeah, would love to have you come. So with that being said, let's go ahead and get into this. What do you say? Let's go ahead and answer the first question, and I'll give you my answer, and then we'll We'll answer a few more. All right, so let's go ahead and listen. Hey, Scott, this is James. Uh, I have a question about your rule about um, products with on-off switches and you know bells and whistles and moving parts and so forth. How hard and fast is that rule? Is it uh, more just for like beginners? You don't want to start with a product that has an on-off switch, or is it kind of a hard and fast thing? Uh, I have some really good ideas for a kind of a big product. And uh, my initial products would be the kind of accessories that go along with it. But uh, my, my ultimate goal would be to launch this kind of bigger thing. So I was wondering if you could give me some, some advice uh, and your thoughts on it. Thanks a lot. Have a good one. Hey, James, thanks so much for the question. And uh, rules? 
I don't have any rules. Well, yeah, I guess I have said that in the past. My rule, my personal rule, and that doesn't mean you got to follow the rule. I'm not making any rules out there. I'm not, I'm not that guy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, on off switches. Basically, that's telling me that it's an electronic device, right? It's got like electronics. You turn it on with a switch. And usually that means that there's a lot of wiring or there's some wiring and there's connections, there's soldering going on inside of that unit, or there's more pieces because the on off switch does move as well. Um, so my take on that is, is yes, for newbies, people just starting, definitely, definitely not. I would say no. Me personally, I wouldn't go down that road um, as being a new person, you know, getting ready to sell something. Adding accessories to that, now you're onto something. Yeah, I think that that's a great idea, and I think you know that, so, you know, good job there. Now, as far as this bigger, you know, product goes, I'm not opposed to it, but there is going to, you know, there's going to be some different things involved here. And one of them being the quality needs to be like superb because you don't want like something being mass produced with wiring and connections and you having a batch of those that someone just didn't solder something or someone, you know, didn't do something right. The other part of that as well is the consumer using the product will tend to wear something or, you know, not wear it, like physically wear it, but you know, like it'll wear over time or maybe they drop it and, or maybe, you know, they misuse it. Right. And it stops working. So if it's a flashlight and the bulb doesn't work anymore because of broken shipping, well, now you got a bulb problem. Now you got to ship every, everyone a bulb for the flashlight, even though the product is right, but the bulb in it is bad. Um, so if you can see, there's a lot of customer service issues that would go with that. But it's not something that I would be totally opposed to if you could, A, get the quality to where it was going to be great, and then you could create some type of support system for that because you are going to get people that say this was missing or this part fell off or this broke after just using it three times or the, you know it doesn't turn on or any of that stuff, right? So there's going to be some troubleshooting. There's going to be some of that stuff. So that's really my reasoning for the on-off switch that you've heard me talk about. It's not a rule, it's just my rule, okay? And, you know, if I was talking to you and we were having that cup of coffee, I would say, listen, starting, I would go the accessory route, but in the future, if you wanna go into that, sure. Another thing you probably wanna consider if you're doing that is probably doing something, you know, US-based. Um, this way here, you've got a little bit more control of it. You know, the quality could probably be a little higher. It's gonna be a little bit more expensive. And I'm not saying that China doesn't produce good stuff. There's a lot of stuff that they probably produce that is great, but there's also, you know, that whole thing is it's so far away that if you have problems, it's gonna take longer to get and just all that kind of stuff. So I would try to do that US, you know, based if you could. So just some, you know, again, thinking out loud here with you on that to try to help you. But the accessory route, that's the the route I like to look at in the beginning, especially. So we can say the the iPhone or any cell phone for that matter, right? And I'm not saying to go out there and do sell cases and sell that type of stuff or, you know, selfie sticks or any of that stuff. I'm not saying that because I don't think you should. And if there, if there is any recommendation, I would say don't sell that stuff right now. It's saturated and you're going to be battling against all of these other people. But back to the point, the point is, is, you know, people were selling accessories for this main electronic device. And that's not a bad thing. 
It's actually a good thing. And I think that there's definitely room there to uh, to come in on, on most markets because the accessories aren't necessarily going to be the breadwinner, if you will. You know what I mean? It's not going to be the one that's going to produce the bulk of the money. But if you sell accessories on a scale, you know, a larger scale, then yeah, the, the profits can be really good. So I hope I'm making sense. I hope that's helped you a little bit, but just let's clear one thing up here, James, okay, and anyone listening. I don't have rules, okay? They're my rules, but they're not your rules. You're not going to go to detention if you don't follow those rules. Um, all right, so anyway, there's my joke for the day. So let's go ahead and listen to another question, and I'll give you my answer. Hey, Scott. This is Blake from Scottsdale, Arizona. I uh, love your show, and keep up the good work. I really enjoy it. Uh, my question today is about clothing and apparel. I know that you don't mention much uh, on the show about it, but I think I have a great niche and I'd like to explore it a little bit more. Uh, number one, what are your thoughts about apparel on FBA? I know there's some sizing issues um, and things like that uh, for shoppers, but I want to know what your thoughts are about selling apparel. And number two, uh, I'm very interested in building a brand for my company, uh, just like you teach. I know that this is a big thing um, for buyers in the future to build a brand. So uh, in doing some research over the past few months, it seems like, uh, like a Shopify shop or my own site would be a better way to build a brand because you can build more of a store for your apparel, clothing, um, accessories, etc. Um, how would I go about doing this on Amazon if I wanted to start on Amazon before expanding into a, a my own website? Thank you very much, Scott. Appreciate your answer. Hey, Blake, thanks so much for the question. And uh, Arizona, man, hot there, isn't it? I got a buddy that lives there. I've mentioned him before. Uh, yeah, it's hot. He loves it. But uh, you're not getting any cold winters there, that's for sure. Well, he says that it has gotten cooler, but... Not like Sub-Zero. Anyway, uh, yeah, cool. So Arizona, nice place. I've been there once, but uh, I'll probably be back soon. Anyway, uh, yeah, your question about apparel. Well, depending on what we're talking about, if we're talking about shirts, if we're talking about pants, if we're talking about stuff like that, I don't really have much to tell you because I'm not in that um, in that space. I do know that, at least I think I know, that there is some requirements to sell clothing. Um, there might even be some you know, gated categories. And if anyone listening does know anything about this and they want to comment on this particular episode, uh, that would be cool. If you can head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash 82, um, that would be great. Uh, but I mean, what I'm thinking here though, is if you have a clothing line or maybe you're selling, I don't know, sweatbands, I don't know, you know, not sweatpants, sweatbands, let's say, or something like that. I think that's a little different because that could be categorized as different. But if it's apparel, clothing, you know, stuff like that, then yeah, there's going to be some things that you can do here. I think once that you get your uh, your brand up and running is you can basically do the same thing that you would do if you were on an e-commerce site or building an e-commerce site and just build it like a storefront, right? So you can load everything in just as you would you know, uh, an e-commerce store. So that's kind of the approach I would do. I would try to get my SKUs inside of Amazon into their, you know, into their platform. And this way here, I can instantly have some traffic coming to my listings, right? I mean, 
who wouldn't want to do that in any business? So I would start there and then just start adding the stuff in. But also I wouldn't go too crazy as trying to load a whole bunch of stuff. I would try to find the things that you think are going to be some of the best sellers and putting them in there and then really trying to work those because you got to remember, you know, if you have a brand new seller's account, you want to get your seller feedback started. You want to get your history started on Amazon. You want to start building up that authority as a brand. Um, you know, if that's your, you know, long-term play is to where you want to be able to then launch something down the road and then it ranks better and easier because you have a bigger brand. There's no proof of that right now, but we're kind of surmising that, you know, when you have, you know, a larger brand, meaning seller feedback in a sense, it's, you've got a higher authority, uh, authoritative site, uh, or Amazon listing or profile, whatever you want to call it, seller's account, it's going to help you, you know, release other products. So I would try to do that, maybe launch five products, let's say. And then from there, you can really work each of those to get them going, maybe drive some pay-per-click, uh, you know, maybe do a few promotions and really just start starting to get the ball rolling. Now, that's what I would do there. Secondly to this, I think Shopify is a great uh, a great resource for you. Uh, I know Chris Schaefer knows quite a bit about that, uh, who I, I actually, you know, for those of you that don't know, he usually attends my live workshops and he, you know, answers any questions, obviously, when it comes to this stuff, because I'm not that familiar with e-commerce as much, but uh, he, he does have background in that. But um, he's told me that Shopify makes it really easy to create a store, but then also create like a blog, you know, create content and all that stuff under one roof. And that's really what I like about it. You can also integrate, I believe, with Amazon, with your Shopify. So if you wanted to fulfill your orders from your Shopify store through your Amazon, um, you know, or the Amazon fulfillment, you still can do that. And there's like a plugin or something that works with that. But yeah, they would be, you know, two different properties. But I think doing that long term would be really good because on your Shopify site with your brand, you could then start building, you know, you can start building a brand outside of Amazon. So this way here, you're not relying 100% on Amazon. But I think Amazon's going to get you quicker sales. But I think the in the background, you could be doing the same amount of work, but over on that other channel. And then in the long term, that's going to help you because you're going to start building a customer list because every order that comes through a Shopify sale, you'll automatically get their email and you'll get their mailing address and all that stuff. And you can use that because it's yours. With Amazon, we all know it's harder to get that information. We can do it with insert cards and stuff like that, but it's just your percentage is less. But whenever a sale goes through a Shopify store, you'll collect all that data and you can send out you know promotions and stuff to those email um, people or those those customers um, on that list. So I would definitely say do both if you can, you know, without, you know, I guess not doing enough on both, if that makes sense. Kind of like, I don't want to see you do a little bit on Amazon and then a little bit on the Shopify and then not be able to really give it a hundred percent. If that's the case, I would focus on Amazon uh, fully until you get it really ramped up. And then I would start slowly doing the Shopify thing. So that would be my advice for you. I think that it sounds like a great idea for you and a great strategy moving forward. And I like the idea that you said you're building a brand um, because I think that that in the long term will be uh, better for you. Even if you decided to exit you know, the brand and sell it off, um, you'd have more property to offer and, and more SKUs and all that stuff. So anyway, that's my answer to that. Hope it's been helpful. Sounds good. Keep us posted on that as well. Uh, so let's go ahead and listen to another question and I'll give you my answer. Hi, Scott. My name is Phil and I'm from the UK. Um, I just want to say thank you for uh, providing us all with your amazing content. Uh, I really appreciate what you're doing. Um, let me get to my question. 
Um, just doing some product research with uh, Jungle Scouts. Um, I was hoping you could provide some more detailed examples of maybe competitive niches, niches with low demand, and just general red flags. Um, perhaps you could go into the differences between the FBA sellers, the Amazon, and the merchants. Um, I'd just really like to know what is, like, you know, if you find some good green flags and, it's, and you should be like, yeah, that, that's one for me. Um, with me, my research, it's everything seems to look good. I, I, I can, you know, I can just see money with everything. So I know that's a bit of a problem because um, when everything looks good to me, it's hard to pick a good product. So I was hoping you could uh, help me out with that part and maybe anyone else who who uh, is in the same situation as me. So thank you, Scott. And I look forward to your reply. Hey, Phil, thanks so much for the question all the way from the UK. And I have to say, man, I love the accent. Love it. Kind of wish I had an accent similar to that. I don't even think I could try that. I, I just, it just wouldn't work. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, uh, Jungle Scout, number one, I want to say, has been a huge, huge help to myself and to a lot of people. Um, so I want to give a shout out to Greg Mercer. Great job, man. Uh, and if you guys have not listened to that episode, you probably want to go check that out. That is episode 56. So that is the amazingseller.com forward slash 56. And Greg really goes through his criteria and kind of like without even using the tool, he just kind of goes through kind of the criteria as far as what he looks for and kind of going after that low hanging fruit. I do want to address a couple of things. I don't have like, you know, these hard, like, actual things that I can say, don't do this and do this. You know, what I can say is some of the metrics that I use, which I've said before, which I'll repeat them, but you know, and, and you said something interesting. You're like, you know, I, I'm finding a lot and I just don't know which one to pick. Well, here's my advice to you. Just pick, right? I mean, what's going to happen is, is you're going to learn through this process. What I would say is I would pick one that I felt like I could had have more than one product so I could build out that product line. So this way here, you're able to do some cross promotions and, you know, that one customer could buy two of your products or three, you know, and just really get that, uh, you know, that customer to be a bigger customer. Um, so that's, that's first thing. All right. So if you have that many, that's great. Right. But some of the things that I think would draw a red flag to me would be a lot of reviews on a lot of listings, the depth where if I only seen the top three, we're doing all of the uh, the volume in that, all of the demand, let's call it. So for example, let's just, let's use an example. Let's say that you're looking at a stainless steel garlic press, huh? Garlic press. There it is again. Uh, let's say that you, you were looking at that and then you look at the top 10 listings in Jungle Scout, let's say, and you go ahead and you uh, you see that the first one is doing, let's say, 2,000 units. The next one is doing 1,000 units. The next one is doing 1,000 units. And then the fourth one is doing 200 units. And then the fifth, fourth one is doing, or fifth one is doing 220 units. And then the one after that's doing 100 units. And the next one after that's doing 50 units. Well, right away, we, we know it's, it's not proportioned right, right? We've, we've got, it's way too heavy on the top. We want to take those, those top ones that are, you know, kind of taking all of the demand. We want to spread that throughout 
the entire 10 or at least the top five because we want to be able to find a way in there that we don't have to be number one, two, or three, but we could be number five and still get our 10 or 15 sales a day. All right. So that's the first thing that I would say. And that's the first, you know, red flag, if you will, would be that if you seen that all of the demand was coming at the top three, then that would be a red flag. Or if the top three had a ton of reviews and then after that, they didn't have maybe a lot of reviews, but they didn't have a lot of demand either. That would be a red flag. So and those are the things that I look at. And also Greg Mercer has said as well, you know, so definitely those are, those are some things to look at. Now you brought up another good discussion, I should say is, you know, if it's sold by Amazon, if it's, if it's uh, fulfilled by merchant or if it's fulfilled by Amazon. So I get people that say, Scott, the first two listings are sold by Amazon and the rest of them aren't, but the first two seem like they're getting a lot of sales. Well, my question would be, okay, well, what's three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and nine, ten doing? Okay, what are those doing? It doesn't matter if they're fulfilled by Amazon or fulfilled by a merchant at this level, you know, at this stage, what are we, what are those doing for volume? Don't worry about the top three. Let's pretend we're not even gonna figure them into the equation. Let's pretend they're not even there, right? We're just gonna go after the bottom of that. So if I can find that there's still a good sales volume in there. So let's say that the the fourth one is selling 700 a day or 700 a month, right? And then let's say that the next one is selling, you know, 600 and the next one is selling 800 and the next one is selling 500 and the next one and if I can tally up 3000 units for the ones that are below the top, then that would to me be a really solid product because the demand is deep. Right, so I don't have to worry about being in the fourth position or the fourth position. Um, I can be in the fifth and still get my ten or fifteen. I could be in the sixth and still get my ten or fifteen. So it shows that I have room to wiggle my way in there. If that makes sense, I hope it makes sense. Um, and fulfilled by merchant, I look at that as like an advantage for us that if we see someone that still has pretty good sales volume, but they're fulfilling it by merchant, I feel that that's a great way for you to establish a hole that you could potentially um, take advantage of because then you could fulfill it by Amazon. And I don't have proof of this, but I believe that Amazon will give you a little bit of a nudge if you fulfill it by Amazon because, of course, they're going to have control of the fulfillment. They're going to be able to make more money and they're going to have control of making sure that that customer is happy. So whenever you see fulfilled by merchant, I look at that as, as an advantage for you. So the only ones that you really need to concern yourself with is, is it being sold by Amazon primarily and is it be, being fulfilled by FBA? And then from there, looking at the metrics, looking at the numbers. So that's pretty much what I, what I would look at there. So I hope this has been helpful. I wish you luck and keep me posted on that. But uh, yeah, I wouldn't overthink it too much. If you're finding that the numbers are really looking good, then just understand that there's always a risk. Okay, but maybe you want to start off with only, you know, 300 units or 500 units, whatever, whatever you think you can manage. And then from there going into that market, but then also having the mindset that you want to roll out additional products that's going to help promote that product and your other products kind of going back and forth. So that's what I would do. So anyway, hope that's answered your question. Let's go ahead and listen to one more question and I'll go ahead and I'll give you my answer. Scott, this is Chris from Mississippi. Hey, I had a quick question. I'm getting ready to start a, uh, a feedback system, kind of like the one you described with Feedback Genius. I'm also getting ready to do the warranty card insert like, that you, like you've described also using a Weber. Now, I'm just a little fuzzy on why Feedback Genius is necessary for the feedback 
and AWeber or Infusionsoft or something like that is, is what you need to do when you get the people registering for the warranty so you can start building your list. And uh, I'm sure there's a really good reason. I just wanted to hear it from your words real quick, if you wouldn't mind explaining that to me. Thank you so much. Hey, Chris from Mississippi. Thank you so much for the question. I really do appreciate it, and it's a great question. And I'm sorry it's a little fuzzy. I'm going to try to make it unfuzzy. Uh, But I can see how it could be because we're talking about kind of like systematizing like emails and feedback and reviews and all this stuff. So let me just break it down for you. They are two different things, okay? First off, you know, we want to get reviews and feedback for our product and for our seller's account. So that's where kind of like, you know, the automation of requesting that, right? So once someone buys one of your products, they would automatically be sent out an email through Seller Central because we can't, as Amazon sellers, we can't collect emails inside of Amazon, okay? And we can't even just drive people to an external site saying like, give us your email address so we can, you know, give you, uh, you know, discounts on our stuff outside of Amazon. They don't want to you to drive people away from Amazon. So, you know, you just got to be careful with that. But um, you do want to follow up with them to really get them to leave feedback and reviews and to make sure that their experience was good, okay? So you're really reaching out there to help their experience, okay? So it has nothing to do with collecting emails, which that's what AWeber and that's what lead pages and those other ones that I've talked about, which I'll talk about in a minute, but really using something like Feedback Genius or Sales Backer is what I use now before I was using Feedback Genius, which it's a great, you know, it's a great tool, but Sales Backer has uh, added some features which I like, which is more about reviews and it's really built for the private labeler, so that's why I've been using that. And actually, if you haven't listened to that episode, it's, uh, let's see, 77, episode 77, so that would be theamazingseller.com forward slash 77, and I actually went through that entire process with uh, Chris Guthrie who created Sales Backer, so Check that out. But uh, yeah, so really the way it works is when you get sales, you want to lead them through a sequence that's going to then lead them back to leaving a feedback and a review. And the feedback also acts as a filter, which you've probably already heard me talk about, because now if they leave a product review on your feedback, uh, you can then in turn follow up with Seller Central and they'll usually remove that. Okay. So that's that part of it. So totally different. Okay. Now let's talk about warranty cards. Uh, So this way here, we can get people to register their product, but then also collect their email. And again, I'm going to put a little little disclaimer in here. I don't know 100% if Amazon is cool with this. In their terms of service, it doesn't say anything about registering for a warranty card. But let me just say that if you look at any of the big box stores or any... Any, any company, really, they have a registration card. So in order to have that registration card, you have to fill out something. So an email, a name uh, is usually what you'll need. So this way here, if they do say that they have a problem with the product, you can go back and reference it. So that's kind of like my, uh, I guess, my interpretation of it. Now, the other thing that I don't think Amazon would have a problem with is also offering a coupon of some kind saying like, hey, thanks so much for purchasing. Here's a $5 off coupon on your next purchase on Amazon. Again, let me stress that, on Amazon. So it's a it's an Amazon coupon code that you created for 
this particular you know product or your other product. So this way here, it's leading people back to Amazon, which Amazon wants, right? So we're giving Amazon what they want. And it's funny, when I was talking to uh, Chris Guthrie on our interview on, on episode 77, he said it really, really well. He said, if you just think about it, think about whenever you're going to decide something, is it going to help Amazon make more money? If it is, it's probably going to be okay. All right. So again, in this case, if we lead people back to Amazon with a coupon code, they're probably going to be okay with that. Okay. So uh, just a little side note there, but really the way it works and, and that's why using Aweber, that's what I currently use. Lead pages is just a landing page software. You don't need that. Uh, you can actually use MailChimp instead of Aweber if you want to, which they have like, I think up to 500 emails for free or something. Uh, I know Aweber has a dollar trial as well. And again, if you want to see all of these resources, if you guys are new, uh, you know, in, in listening to this and you haven't seen all of these different tools and stuff, you can head over to my resources page, which is at theamazingseller.com forward slash resources. It's also in the top uh tab of the blog if you want to head over there. But uh, all of that stuff is listed there. But yeah, really to simplify that process, if you're going to run like Facebook ads, let's say, um, to a promotion and you want to build that VIP list, that's where this would come in handy as well because then you would lead people from Facebook over to a landing page that says, hey, you know, you want to receive this garlic press for $1.95? It retails for $34.95, you know, limited quantity available. And then they enter their email address. They get your code. They they buy your product. You have them now on an email list of people that are interested in your product. That's how you would use that email list as well. But also, if someone buys your product, they get an insert, they register the product, then that would put them on an email list. With using the first part of this to get feedback and reviews, using you know, a, a software like SalesBacker, you would go ahead and then you wouldn't be collecting emails. You would just be automating the emails that you're sending out inside of your, of your Amazon Seller Central account. So I hope that makes sense. And I, I can see how that can be confusing. But right there, there are two different things. One's for feedback and reviews. One is for collecting emails so you can start building a customer list um, and then follow up with those people in the future. Or if Amazon decides to, you know, cut your legs off and you're not able to uh, be selling on there anymore, you could have a customer base that you could always point people to your own web store. So uh, I hope that that's been helpful. Thanks so much for the question. And uh, if anyone else has questions that they want answered on a show like this, please head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash ask, and you will go ahead and uh, be able to ask a question, just like Chris did, just like everyone did here today. And uh, I just want to remind you, too, if you guys have not attended one of my live workshops, I really encourage you to. I just love talking about this stuff, as you guys know, and I, it's a way for me to actually connect live so we can do more of a Q&A session at the end, and I also break down the five phases that I currently use and that I teach, uh, and I really break it down in bite-sized pieces, and I also have some downloads and some checklists and all that stuff. So if you want to attend one of them, just head over to the amazingseller.com forward slash workshop and uh, you can register over there to the uh, the most recent one coming up. So that's pretty much going to wrap it up. Once again, guys, thanks so much for taking time out of your day. I know you guys are busy. Hopefully I've made your ride to work or home from work or your run or your plane ride, wherever you are. I hope I've made it a little bit more enjoyable and I hope you've learned something. And uh, just remember, okay, I'm here for you. I'm rooting for you. I believe in you. You guys know that I know that you can make this happen, but you have to, you have to. Come on, I want you to say it with me. We've got to say this stuff out loud to make it real, right? Take action, all right? Take care. I'll see you in the next episode.